All right, I've got a big announcement. We are starting a new book. Uh, so here at Life Fellowship, we work through books of the Bible, uh, verse by verse, line by line. And uh, so far, I've only tackled some books that are six, seven, five chapters around that size. Um, we're about to jump into the book of Luke. And so it's going to take us 23 years to get through it. But um, the chapter one alone has 80 verses. Uh, so uh, we're not even going to get through chapter one today. But I'm super excited. I prayed about it. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. And we'll break it up and it'll be great. So don't be like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm out. Uh, we'll, we'll make it awesome. God will make it awesome. But we are going to jump into the book of Luke. And, and the book of Luke really starts out as this... Uh, receiving from God and giving from God. Receiving from God and giving from God. That's the theme throughout this entire chapter. It's just people receiving from God and then giving it away. Um, So I have an illustration that will help you remember this. Uh, I'm going to ask Cassie Stillwell uh, to come up. And so I'm going to give this to Cassie, but this is not for Cassie. She is, she's receiving from me, and she's going to choose, you can choose whoever your favorite, not really, choose, choose whoever the Holy Spirit leads you to give the coffee to. Okay, so Cassie received from me, and now she's giving it to someone else. All right, that's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Okay. That's a picture of Christianity. Too often we... We say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help. I don't know how to pray for people. I don't know how to share the gospel with people. I don't know how to do. Listen, you're receiving from God and giving from God. You didn't write the check. It's not your account. You are giving something that was given to you. Does that make sense? And so, uh, uh, um, and I'll give Cassie a coffee later. Okay, uh, thank you, Cassie, But because uh, I do feel a little bad about that. But that's what Christianity is. That's what following Jesus is. It's just receiving from God and then giving. But no, you're not giving of yourself. You're giving uh, the, what God has given you. So this is a man named Luke writing this, bio, uh, writing this book, and, and he starts out in verse 1. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. Luke is a doctor. I don't know if you can tell by the way he speaks. Um, uh, Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the world have delivered them to us, it seems good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you. I wonder if his handwriting was like doctors. I don't know who interpreted it, but uh, uh, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. And so this guy named Theophilus, we assume that he's a, uh, a ruler. He's in a position of power. Uh, Luke writes the book of Luke, and then he writes uh, the gospel account of Luke, and then he also writes Acts. And so uh, here in the next three to five years, when we finish Luke, we'll probably jump into Acts. Um, but uh, But... He, both times, he's writing this account for this man, Theophilus. So he's receiving from the Lord. He's being filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. And he's writing an account of everything that Jesus has done. And then he's giving it to this man. He's receiving from God and then giving it to this man. And what happens when we receive from God and we give to others is is people for generations will be blessed. Uh, in Luke's mind, this was only for Theophilus. This was, this was an account, an orderly account for this man that was probably uh, hiring Luke 
to go and, and find out all this information. Um, he, he gave it to him, but yet here, 2,000 years later, we are still being blessed by this gospel account. And that's a, 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 uh, a theme throughout, it. as we walk in obedience to what God is calling us to do, not only will the people that we're trying to bless be blessed, but those around them will be blessed, and generations of people will be blessed. And we'll see that theme throughout this chapter. Uh, let's keep going in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of uh, Abihah, um, and he had a wife named, uh, from the daughters of Aaron, and, the, and, her, uh, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Uh, there's a few things that I want to point out about this that are, uh, in, to me, very significant. Number one are the names of the people in this story. Zechariah means God remembers. God remembers. And Elizabeth means God's promise. God's promise. God remembers God's promise. I need you to say that with me. God remembers God's promise promise. That was, let's try that one more time. God remembers God's promise. That's, that's important for you to understand. These people in the story, while they're actual real-life flesh-and-blood people, that it symbolically it's really important for us to understand what's going on here, that God remembers his promises. And what we see in, in verse uh, 6 and, and 7 is they were righteous. Uh, they walked blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes. So, so they, were, they were righteous, they were doing what they were supposed to do, they were obeying the commandments, um, but, verse 7 starts out, but there's a problem, there's a problem. Even though they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're walking in obedience, they're doing what's right, they're blameless uh, before God and before man, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, there's still a problem in their life. There's still a prayer that has gone unanswered. And I know way too many Christians that walk away after that first word in verse 7. But they, they, they walk away as soon as there's a problem, as soon as there. And I'm not talking about a, a, just a minor problem. I'm, this is a, barrenness is a problem. I don't know if you've ever dealt with, with infertility or, or, or miscarriages, but this is a problem. Like, like this is a, a trauma. This is a, a, a dramatic issue, deep-rooted problem heartbreaking. In Proverbs, it talks about these are one of the things that, that's never, uh, it's always hungry. It's always desired. There's, there's never satisfied. There, there's always this unresolved feeling like something is wrong here, and it's a real problem. And, and so some of you have experienced some barrenness. Some of you have experienced some, some heartbreak of some kind. Maybe it wasn't uh, necessarily uh, not being able to have a child, but maybe it was something as equally heavy. Maybe there's something in your life that you've experienced some trouble, you've experienced some problems, and you don't understand why God would allow you to go through that, and you don't understand why this should happen to you because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're walking like you're supposed to be walking, and yet here you are in the middle of this mess and you don't understand and it's tempting to just walk away and give up on God. That's not what Zechariah does. God remembers 
God's promise. And you have to rest in that and know that even if it's not on your timeline, even though you might not experience it in the way that you uh, think you should, God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He will redeem what's been broken in your life, what the enemy meant for evil. He will turn for good. God has a a victory in store for you. God is faithful. He remembers his promise. I don't know what you're walking through, but God is faithful. I don't know um, what, what you've gone through, but God is faithful. If you have breath in your lungs, then the end is not here yet, and you have tomorrow to look forward to, and there is victory in your future. Do not grow tired in doing good. Do not grow weary in doing, that's Galatians 6, 9. Do not, I think I have it on the screen, do not grow weary in doing good. Because in due time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And so that's my word of encouragement to you is don't give up. Up. Even if you haven't received the answer to your prayer yet, don't give up. As long as you don't give up, you're going to reap a harvest because God remembers God's promise. He will never fail you. He won't let you down. You might be confused in the moment. You might not see uh, what's out in front of you. But can I tell you that God remembers his promises? Zechariah, he didn't stop serving the Lord because he hadn't received the answer to prayer. He didn't stop serving the Lord because there was a problem. We see this in verse 8, that he kept going to work now, as a priest. Now, while he was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there... Everybody say there. Appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now this might seem like a super spiritual moment in time. It might seem like he was in this, you know, there's people, uh, there's this altar of incense. and, And to us that's kind of foreign. But this was church. He went to church. That's what the there is. That's why I had you repeat, Jared. He, there. He, he was in church. He went to church. He was doing, as a priest, he was doing his duties. He was there at the right of the lampstand. Everybody else was outside of the temple. They were praying. This was a spiritual moment, yes, but it was a, if I can put it this way, it was a mundane. It was just a regular Sunday of the week. It wasn't like this special holiday. It wasn't, it was just church. And too many of us discount church. We're like, oh, I don't feel like going. I want to sleep in this morning. And I know I'm preaching to the choir because you guys are here. But I'm saying we have a tendency to come to church once or twice a month instead of every week because uh, it's, just, it's, just, it's just church. But can I tell you, you're more likely to hear from God here in God's presence when we're focused on him than you are at home watching TV. It's just true. When you're seeking the Lord, when you're trying to walk in obedience, when you're um, uh, seeking him and praising his name and praying to him, you're more likely to receive answers from the Lord. You're more likely to uh, hear from him and understand his will for your life. And, and it, so I, I think, you know, as a pastor, I, I have less ability to say come to church because People think I have this alternative motive, and, and I like to see people in the chairs. And, of course, I like to see, you know, I want to have multiple services, and I want to have to, whatever. You know, I, I want to see God's church grow, but it's not self-serving. It's not, 
it's because I know that God speaks here. And, and if I want you to hear from God. I want you to receive from the Lord. And I, I want you to understand what God has for you. And it might just happen on that Sunday that you're tired and you don't want to come. But I'm encouraging you to wake up and to come to church even when you don't feel like it. Because God might want to meet with you in this place at a certain time. He might not send an angel, but he might. He's going to send a supernatural answer to you that you might miss out on if you're not in a position where you're willing to listen to him. Verse 12, and Zechariah was troubled when he saw this this angel, and, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will, be, you will have joy and gladness, and many more will rejoice at his birth. So your prayer has been heard. We don't even know that he's praying until this moment when, when uh, Gabriel, we'll find out, Gabriel tells Zechariah, Gabriel, the archangel Gabriel says, your prayers have been heard, and now they're being answered. And you're going to call this boy John, and John means the Lord is gracious, God is, is gracious. Uh, God is, is, is gracious. God remembers God's promise, and, and God is gracious. And again, I, I want to say this in verse 14. It says, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice. Again, God's answer when we receive from the Lord and we give uh, from the Lord, when we receive from the Lord and we give from the Lord, uh, we are blessed and they are blessed and then many more are blessed. If we're being used by God to the extent that we're capable of, then God is going to bless this community and bless this nation and bless this world as we're walking in obedience. And too often we're just thinking, uh, we have blinders on and we're just thinking about us and our world. But the reality is, is if we walk in obedience, if we receive from the Lord and give from the Lord, then many will be blessed. Many will be blessed. You're not as excited about that as I am. When God answers prayers, it doesn't just impact you, but it has a broader impact. I've asked this question before, but if God answered all the things that you prayed for today, if God answered those prayers, would it just change your world or would it change the world? Are you, how are, Are your prayers focused just on you and your life and your situation? Or are you praying that the nations would know Jesus? Are you praying that that heaven would be open, that people would be healed? And are you you praying these big prayers? Um, Because I would encourage you to pray beyond just your situation and your world. Verse, Verse 15 says this, For he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That's pretty cool. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. That's awesome. And he will go before him in spirit and in power of Elijah. Are you kidding me? To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So John the Baptist was was filled with the Spirit from birth. He's, he's going to turn people to God. He's going to be a powerful prophet. That's, the, that's Elijah. Elijah was uh, one of the most, if the, not the most, uh, depending on, Elisha was double portion, uh, sorry. Um, but, but there's some, uh, he's a prophet. Uh, that's all this is saying. Um, and then he fulfills the prophecy in Malachi 3 and 4 by, by turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and disobedient of the wisdom to the just. That's, that's Malachi 3 and 4. That's Old Testament 
prophecy being fulfilled in this little baby boy. He's preparing a way for Jesus to come. Verse 18, and Zechariah said to the angel, how, how shall I know this? That's a scary question to ask an archangel. Prove it. That's what he's saying. How, how do I know? <laughs> For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their time. I, I want to speak briefly about the power of doubt. The power of doubt. Zechariah is this righteous dude. He's, he's blameless. He, he does what he's supposed to do. He's serving the Lord. He's a priest. And, and an archangel shows up. Not just an angel, but an archangel. He's like in charge of other angels. He's, he's standing in the presence of the Lord when God has a mission as important as going and telling uh, telling that the Messiah is going to come and telling, uh, telling people that, that the last prophet is going to come that's preparing the way of the Lord. And he, Gabriel goes here in, in a little bit and goes and tells Mary and Joseph about Jesus. He sends Gabriel. Gabriel is an important figure throughout the Bible. And, and Zechariah is standing face to face with this archangel who stands in the presence of God. And, and he he still has doubt. doubt. Doubt is a powerful force. If it can make a priest face-to-face with an archangel question, you know that it can mess you up, and it can mess me up. If you allow doubt to creep in, it'll, it's like a cancer. It, it will take over, and it will, it will cause you to, um, to miss out on receiving from God and being used by God. Let me put it into an example. You can say, well, I don't know if God can use me to do that. I don't know that I could lead a life group. I don't know that I could pray for that person. I don't know that I could uh, uh, share the gospel with my neighbor. I don't know if I have the courage to invite this person to church. I don't know. And you can create this doubt because you forget that you're receiving from God and giving from God. And you start focusing on yourself and you're saying, how can this be? This is my situation. My wife and I are, are barren and we can't, this is, I'm not, it's not possible. And you take your eyes off of who is, who is capable, who, who can make all things possible. And, and we start focusing on ourselves and that's when we doubt. It's the same reason Peter fell into the sea after walking on water is because he took his eyes off of Jesus. And when we take our eyes off of the author and perfecter of our faith and we start focusing on our own insecurities and our own uh, failures and our own uh, limits, then, then we can doubt and we can talk ourselves out of being used by God and, and, and it can cause us to miss out on receiving from him and being used by him. So Zechariah doesn't, uh, when the angel says, this is your prayers are answered, he doesn't say, praise God, I receive it. He says, okay, prove it. How is this going to happen? And, and I think our tendency, um, there, there are times where God has moved in, in this very room in, in worship service and somebody has stood up and, and given a word. It's been a while and it's been longer than I like, but, uh, but given a word and said, 
um, this is this is going to happen. Uh, for example, I'm just making this up. This isn't from the Lord, um, but uh, there's someone in here that that has this physical issue, and and God wants you to be healed. I've, I've seen that. I've witnessed it. Uh, where if somebody has, they're not making it up. It's from the Lord. They're receiving from the Lord. They stand up and they say. God wants someone to know in this room that they've been struggling with this problem and, and God wants you to be healed in this moment. And, and if that happens to you and that is resonating with your spirit and you understand that, that, is, that God is talking to you, you have two options. Uh, you can either say, I receive it, praise God, I, I believe that's for me. Or you can say, who, who is that person? How do they know? What, what's going on here? And, and we, have a, we have an opportunity to doubt or we have an opportunity to receive. So in Zechariah's case, it was Gabriel, the archangel. At Life Fellowship, it, it might just be some guy named Gabe, right? And so we have a lot more reason to doubt. However, the opportunity to receive from God is still the same. And, and God can use people. It doesn't have to be an archangel. It can be just some guy named Gabe. If your name's Gabe, I apologize. Um, uh, but uh, but, but uh, it can just be somebody in this room that, that receives from the Lord. Because it's not about the people. It's about the, the God. It's about God using us. And, and, and so we can uh, be used by God in that way. And I believe that he's going to uh, begin moving in that way and in similar ways here at, at Life Fellowship. It's something that I've been been praying for. Um, and, and so just be aware of that, of, of that doubt. Um, and and um, because I, I would just encourage you to receive it, receive it in faith. If, if someone speaks into your life and that word aligns with scripture, just receive it. Receive it in faith. Don't begin to question. Don't begin. Just receive what God is speaking to you. And in Zachariah's case, it was, it was John the Baptist um, was going to be um, given to him. And, and, and the punishment of his doubt was silence. There, there's power of life and death in your tongue. And I'm not even convinced that, that it was punishment. I think Gabriel might have been giving him a little grace, and, and he knew the influence that, that Zechariah had, and maybe Zechariah would have spread doubt to others and his wife, and maybe his words would have created a wedge between he and his wife, and, and that would have prevented the pregnancy altogether. I don't know. That's all conjecture. But what I do want to encourage you to do is if you can't speak out of faith, then don't speak at all. Gabriel goes on to, to visit Mary a few months later, and in verse 26 we see, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. 
And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the, Holy, of the Most High will overshadow you. That You, therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her uh, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This isn't in my notes, but I I do think it's relevant to, to see that Gabriel is using the story of Elizabeth as, a, as an encouragement to Mary to receive this word for her. And I believe as we begin to see words of knowledge and wisdom shared here, that as we begin to share testimonies and praise reports, and as we begin to share all that God is doing in this place with one another, it, it will encourage one another. We'll, we'll be encouraged, and we'll be able to, you'll increase the faith of your person sitting next to you as you receive, and you, you share what God has done in your life. What happens is it makes it easier uh, for the other person next to you to receive what God has for them. And so I would encourage you to not be quiet. Uh, Don't be afraid to share all that God has done in your life. Don't be afraid to share your testimony. Don't be afraid to share all the goodness and the provision that God has uh, provided you with because it it will increase the faith of those around you. Again, you're just receiving from the Lord and giving not from yourself, but you're still giving from the Lord. You might say, well, these two examples, Zechariah was, you know, Mary asked, asked why as well, but I would I would argue that Zechariah asked for proof. He said, how do I know this is true? And Mary asked about the process. She said, okay, how is this going to happen? <laughs> I don't understand. And, and I think there's a difference. I think for you to receive a word from the Lord and say, okay, God wants to provide for me. Um, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's providing for me. Um, but I, I need to get a job. So, God, should I get this job or this job? What, and we can ask questions about the process, and we can ask God, okay, God, how are you providing? Do I need to do something? What's, what's the next step? Uh, Mary's, you know, thinking, well, do I need to go ahead and get married today instead? Do I need to push this engagement up? You know, are you going to tell my husband? Because he's kind of a part of this process. And, 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 and so he, she was just mainly asking about, okay, what do I, what do I need to do in order for this to happen? And, and Gabriel's answer was, it's going to be, supernatural. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of it. Um, but I wouldn't, don't be afraid to ask God, okay, is there, what do I need to do? How can I act in obedience? What do I need to walk in? Um, because there is a, a little bit, there's a wickedness in saying, God, it's up to you, and, I, and then just sit on your hands, you know, and wait on God to supernaturally answer your prayers. Uh, oftentimes, God will um, uh, use you to answer your, your prayer. None of this is in my notes. I'm going I'm to get back to my notes. Okay, Mary in verse 8, uh, Mary in verse 38, rather, uh, says, says, I'm your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. And so when you're receiving from the Lord, that has to be the posture of your heart. You ha- when uh, there's some instruction in receiving from the Lord, before you're able to give from the Lord, we have to receive from the Lord. And, and in order to receive from the Lord, we have to be able to say, your will be done. I'm your servant. What you want me to say, I'll say. Where you want me to go, I'll go. What you want me to do, I'll do. And until we have that, we're going to be limited in what we're able to be used uh, by God to do. And that was, that was Mary's heart. I'm your servant. Let it, be, let it be done to me according to your word, according to your will. Let it be done. 
Verse 39. You guys tracking with me? Wake your neighbor up. Say it's, it's Christmas time. All right. <clears throat> it's not Christmas yet. This is pre-Christmas still. We'll celebrate Christmas next week. Okay. <clears throat> Christmas in June. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a town in Judah. Uh, so she just received this word from Gabriel saying, hey, by the way, Elizabeth is pregnant. Elizabeth hasn't told anybody. Uh, for, she's been keeping this hidden for five months. And, and so Elizabeth, or Mary finds out, oh, Elizabeth is pregnant. So in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And then she entered into the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, so this is John the Baptist, within, uh, within Elizabeth's womb, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, was filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, and she exclaimed with a loud cry. So she's uh, receiving the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit is giving her this word for Mary. And she says, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So there's this humility there as well. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be the fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, we're going to cut this short, but it's this beautiful song is basically what it is. Um, Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And he uh, has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold from now and all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. I'm going to close with this, um, but I, I believe, and then we'll do something special here in a little bit, but, but I, I believe that um, this is a perfect analogy, a perfect picture, a perfect symbolism of church. And it's, it's these two mothers and their unborn children, and, and yet we see this dynamic unfold. We see John, who is already the, John the Baptist, baby John the Baptist, a uh, little six months uh, in the womb, John the Baptist, who is already filled with the Holy Spirit. He responds to Jesus' presence. Don't miss that. So Jesus walks into the room through Mary. He was just sitting there, I guess. But, but Jesus comes into the place John leaps. John is excited. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so he's aware of Christ's presence. I don't know if you're, if you're a baby Christian, if you're new to Christianity, but there's a sensitivity that you develop when you walk into a place and you say, God is in this place. I don't know when that happens. I don't know exactly at what point. But if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, if you walk into the church, sometimes it's just like, what is going on? God is here. What is God up to? And, and there's these moments in time where, uh, and sometimes it's, you know, it's goosebumps and things like that, but it's just beyond any physical reaction. It's just this spiritual, visceral understanding that causes you to leap with joy and causes, that causes John to leap in the womb. And as a result of that, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and she has an encouraging word for Mary. And then Mary, after receiving the word from the Lord, responds with a song. 
Can I tell you that that is what the church is supposed to look like? When you get into the presence of the Lord and you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you're going to walk up to people and God's going to give you a word for them. We're going to walk in uh, to church uh, one of these Sundays and the band isn't even going to be up here. There's not going to be music playing, but there's going to be people singing in anticipation for what God is about to do. And, and there's a moment in time where we understand who God is. And when Jesus is in our midst and when we understand that God is in this place and he has a word for you and he has a word for you and he has a word for you. And I don't have to wait on the, uh, Pastor Dakota to, to give those words. I know what I before service even starts, there should be some words of knowledge and words of encouragement being shared uh, from person to person. When, when we encourage you to, to turn around and give somebody a high five, it needs to go a little longer because there's some words that the Holy Spirit rises up in you and you, you've got something to say and it's not, you're just receiving from God and giving from God. It's not about you uh, thinking about it or, or deciding or you know they've had a hard week it's just the holy spirit of god being sensitive to it and responding as a result of it that's that's what that's what being a christian is all about and 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 so it's not relegated to um john the baptist and elizabeth and mary uh joel the prophet joel says in the last days his spirit will be poured out on all people and and we see that come to fruition in acts that 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 the holy spirit is in fact available to us all, and we can all receive from the Lord and give from the Lord. And, and it's the same as, as, as just picking up a coffee and giving it to somebody. It's not about what you have. You're just taking what the Bible says, and you're applying it to their life. You're taking what, what you've heard from the Lord, and you're giving it to somebody else. So don't put the pressure on you. Don't allow doubt to creep in and, and talk yourself out of it. Just be obedient to what God has called you to do. And I promise you, you will change not just the person that you're interacting with, but you'll change a generation, you'll change a country, you'll change the world if you walk in obedience to what God is calling you to do and you receive from God and you give from God.